tierra bella, de mi tierra santa. Bienvenidos a Radio Menea. I'm Miriam Suela Pérez. And I'm Vero Valletti Flores. And each episode, we're going to bring you a mix of our favorite mainstream and alternative Latino jams based on a new theme. And today's theme is nostalgia, or as I've been calling it, diaspora feels. it's funny because you're not on team feelings but you want to call it diaspora feels diaspora <laughs> is basically maybe one of the things that i have the most feelings yeah, about yeah that makes sense in general since you're an immigrant that's right so i mean i'm excited for this episode i think i brought a, a good set for y'all awesome yeah i'm excited so the song we just listened to the one we're going to start with is probably the most appropriate, I think, Cuban artist for this particular theme, which is Gloria Stefan, and this is her song, Mi Tierra. You know, it was actually a little bit hard for me to pick songs for this um, episode because most of the music I listen to is about love and not actually about immigration or diaspora. Mm. Maybe that's just because it's so much bachata. But um, And then for me, like, this topic is so much about Cuba because that's my experience and where my parents are from and so much of my my... Um, immersion in this idea of like nostalgia or homesickness is about Cuba and a particular immigrant experience related to Cuba, which is people leaving at a certain point and then mostly not going back at all um, without yeah. with very little back and forth. And so, it, I don't know, it, I feel like it creates a certain um, kind of uh, shape to this idea of homesickness, the idea of connection of home, a place that is far away. And, and obviously there are other immigrants who can't go back and forth for lots of reasons, but I feel like the Cuban situation is so particular um but i knew th yeah. that this song would be would be part of our episode for sure yeah well there's just something very particular about political exile yeah and and yeah the feeling of being forced to leave and the feeling of of not being able to go back or not wanting to go back because mm -hmm. of a of a just a, a disagreement with or a, a refusal to engage with the current government and i mean it's you know it's been the same basically the same family in power since you know 1961 so Um, it, it continues to this day. But, you know, Gloria is really, like, I think the, the music of the Cuban diaspora. She really represents, like, my parents' generation in a lot of ways. She was, like, five or so when she left Cuba, but with that first wave of immigration right post-revolution. Um, and this song is, is really about, you know, connection to a place that you've left and um, and what it means to sort of have a relationship with this with this place that you have not had any contact with in your lifetime. And as far as I know, Gloria has never gone back. She actually, I saw something about... Um, her talking about whether she would ever go and give a concert in Cuba because there have mm, been mm. I think like U2 went recently into the concert and she just said that it would be so difficult for her to do that and to do it without making any political statements about the government um, and the political situation which I assume you know wouldn't be allowed at least in this moment so it sounds like she's not planning on doing that anytime soon and it would be really surprising I think if she would just because of the generation of immigrants that she's really a part of Yeah, but this song is such a classic. Yeah. It's such a, um, you know, La Tierra Te Duela. I totally feel that. Mm. This song came out when I was still in Venezuela. So I heard it for the first time before I really came to the United States uh, to stay. Um, but 
but I totally feel it. I totally feel it. And I think that it's a song that speaks definitely to the Cuban diaspora, but speaks to a lot more diasporas too, like general Latin American diasporas in, in the 90s. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, this song was released in 93, and this was like her first um, Spanish language album and her first album that really went, you know, kind of mainstream and was at the top of like Latin mm -hmm. billboard charts. And I thought it was interesting looking into her bio that, you know, a lot of people know that she had like a really horrible bus accident in 1990. It was like her tour bus was hit by a like a bus, a uh, semi, right, right. a semi or something like that during a, a snowstorm in Pennsylvania. And she was like... Um, really badly hurt, like fractured spine and people thought she would never recover. And then to, to see that like most of her successes actually happened post that, um, post yeah. that car accident is pretty amazing. And then there's actually a Broadway show now on Broadway called on your feet. That's like the story of her life and, and features the story of that accident. Um, and it just kind of shows how mainstream her story is and her music. You know, she had a lot of English hits obviously that went um, pretty mainstream yeah, yeah. too, right? Which they're never going to be, I'm never going to be as into them as I am going to be into her Spanish music. But um, I feel like even most like Americans know of Gloria Stefan and know some of her oh, yeah. songs. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm here for her English yeah, stuff too. Like it's it. like so amazingly <laughs> 90s-licious. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's true. It's true. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to like shy away from it. But but yeah, this album, I think I mentioned yeah. this in the pilot, but this album was like the first, Span the Mi Tierra album was the first Spanish language album that I listened to on my own. I was in college and got really homesick and heard one of her songs in a class I was in and asked my mom to send me the CD and I still have that CD. And so it was the first time that I, like, independent of my parents, chose to listen to this music and was really a p the beginning of my own relationship with Cuban culture and Cuban music and my own sense of kind of Cuban identity apart from them. So it's really important to me yeah. in a lot of ways. And these folks are really important just to Latin music in general. Gloria yeah. and, um, and Emilio Estefan have had a big impact, right? Yeah, yeah, right. They've been, the, I mean, they're producers of a lot of the main... Um, Latin acts that are like big in the U.S. I think pretty much all of them they've had some involvement in, in one way or another. Yeah, they're they're part of the of the crossover machine. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> I think that they're in, in, involved with like Shakira's crossover into you know the American market and like all you know all of the the big Latin acts. Yeah, that sort of crossed over. Yeah, Ricky Martin. I think has been they've been involved yeah. in his career. Yeah, so they're kind of this. Miami powerhouse, and she she has a queer a queer uh, daughter, daughter. Yeah, so she's yeah. not. I've never seen her like openly come out or identify as queer, but like she seems really queer. Like her haircut, <laughs> and then like the music. Could she come out with a song that was like super gay though? Yeah, I mean recently. the song the, the song that she released. Yeah, I think it's called like "Free to Be You and Me" or something, or "Free to Be" maybe. Right. Uh, oh no, no, no! Right. It's called "You Won't." You're not going to tell me who the fuck to be. Actually, yeah, I mean the the lyrics of it sound very sort of gender bending and like anti like hetero you know normativity and she like does some gender play in the video but I don't know you know mm. I don't know I've never heard yeah, her say we'll like, never know. I'm queer yeah. I'm sure we will at some point but Got yeah it. so Emily Estefan is 21 years old just graduated from college she went to the Berkeley College of Music which is like really prestigious and is herself a mm -hmm. musician and released this video um that actually her mother directed, <laughs> which I think is awesome. And I think part <laughs> of it is also about people not telling her that she has to be like her mom. Like there's a moment in the video. Like right, that too. So right. I can only imagine like growing up in the shadow of this huge 
you know, musical family could be pretty intense. Yeah, and deciding to do music anyway. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But it's very much her own. Like, it has very little, has almost no Latin influence. It's very funky and weird and experimental. It mm-hmm. really doesn't sound anything like Gloria's music. But um, yeah, it's really sweet. I follow Gloria on Instagram, and she reposts everything that Emily posts on Instagram. Which is <laughs> such a Latina I mom know, thing to right? do. I right? I'm like, of course you would. Like, if my mom was on Instagram and she understood how to use it, like, that's what she would do probably, which would make me like extremely uncomfortable but um but yeah and like Gloria has like millions of fans on Instagram so it's really cute and then I just have to give a shout out that folks should look on Instagram for the Rapuela videos maybe I'll put a link in our blog post um so Emily and her her abuela Gloria's mom Gloria's mom was actually a singer in Cuba also um they post these little rap videos on Instagram that are effing amazing. Like it's her, I think I've showed them to you, Meadow, right? I've made you watch a few Yeah, they're real cute. I don't know. I think maybe because her abuela makes me think of my abuela and just like the idea of my abuela rapping is just like so much, but they're really cute. There's like maybe eight or nine of them. Um, and but also Rapuela is <laughs> a great hashtag. Right. Yep. Yep. So yeah, if you search the hashtag <laughs> Rapuela on Instagram, you'll find a bunch of these videos with Emily yeah. and Gloria's mom and they're, pretty amazing pretty amazing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I recommend listening to this entire Mi Tierra album there's lots of really great songs on it and like I feel like it's always going to be such a classic and important part of my life and musical tastes so the next song I have for you is uh, set to become I think another diaspora classic it is called De Donde Vengo Yo by Chocuip Town De Donde Vengo La cosa no es fácil, pero siempre igual sobrevivimos, vengo yo. De tanto luchar, siempre con la nuestra nos salimos, vengo yo. De aquí se habla mal, pero todo está mucho mejor, vengo yo. Tenemos la lluvia, el frío y el calor. I really love this song because it's such a testament to the resilience of our communities. I think that, you know, even when they've been devastated by structural adjustment programs or international corporate interests or institutional racism, which is are things that they all talk about uh, in this song. Um, but I really love that in this song, De Donde Vengo Yo, they talk about where they're from and what's hard about it and also what's beautiful about it and how it's shaped them as people which is i think really part of of the immigrant experience they're colombian i always think of them sort of like the colombian fujis just because (laughs) of like the structure of Mm -hmm. their band you know there's like goyo who is like a singer a very talented singer and a very talented rapper which like is this parallel that i make with lauren well they're also fairly political um uh, but this is a much more much more a family affair goyo who's the female singer and rapper is married to tostal who's also a rapper in the group and um, Slow Martinez is Goyo's brother. So she's kind of like this, you know, like the center that's holding it all together. Right, right. <laughs> this song is from their 2010 album Oro, which was their second release. Um, but they have a newer album. Their latest one came out in 2015 
and it has some jams on it. I highly recommend it, especially there's a few of the songs that have like urban remixes, aka reggaeton remixes, yes. and they're great. Uh, I'm particularly fond of Cuando Te Veo, which Perez includes uh, Nikki Jam. <laughs> I have to listen so, to that. Um, yeah, you're going to have to listen to that one. But this song, De Donde Vengo Yo, uh, is the first Chocolate Town song I ever heard. And it really holds my heart. And I think it really does a good job of showing that uh, that tension between being from a place where things are difficult and there's struggle and there's still beauty and there's still humor and there's still um, so much life. Yeah. So are they still based in Colombia? They are still based in Colombia, yes. And I wonder if that's why they collaborate with Nicky Jam because he's been doing stuff out of Medellin for a few years now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the video has a very like kind of campo feel to it, no? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's real beautiful. If you uh, get a chance, you should definitely watch it. So the next song I have for you is another song by a Cuban group called Orishas, and this is 537 Cuba. Y cuando llega no despega, pega, pega lo que puso el ruso en el discurso que con y segundo puso entre tus secas. Ahora la distancia queda. Si de mi lengua estoy viviendo y calmando mi fiel tristeza, ¿de qué forma quieres tú que yo detenga la sangre de amor y patria que me corre por las venas? Generaciones viejas y nuevas, de corazón, sangre y pulmón. So, you know, while Cubans from who left in my parents' era, which is like the early 60s, I think get the most attention in the U.S., like that's sort of seen as who Cuban Americans are, there's actually been kind of consistent waves of immigration in the decades since in like small spurts because the Cuban government has really um, limited when people can leave the island. Um, people have, you know, some people had to leave by boat, you know, by illegal rafts. There were a couple of um, instances where the Cuban government kind of opened up the immigration gates, like the Mariel boat lift is a classic example from the 80s. And then young people have kind of left in, in spurts and waves, either by getting a visa to leave for something educational or musical and then just not coming back, which is called defecting. Mm -hmm. Or in the last couple of years now, it's gotten easier to just go ahead and leave. Um, but so there's been this kind of consistent waves of immigration from Cuba since the early 60s. And so this group is part of one of those waves. They left in 1999, they went to Paris, but um, they're really kind of the beginning of international recognition of Cuban hip hop. 
Um, so they, you know, they were raised in Cuba, but they left as young people. I'm assuming probably like in their 20s or something around that age. And in this case, they went to Paris because um, of their musical success or their desire to do more with their music. And, you know, just some basic things like the lack of resources in Cuba. Like there's no professional recording equipment or there's very little access to things like that because the right, island is right. just really underdeveloped um, for many reasons. So that was kind of why they left in, you know, in 1999 and they ended up in Paris. And then this album, the song, the album that this song is on came out um, shortly thereafter and was really one of the first um, international successes from the Cuban hip-hop scene. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the things they, they bring out in their music and in this song in particular um, is, is has to do with being with Afro-Cuban influence and, you know, the name Orishas, those are sort of the god goddesses of um, Santeria, which is the Yoruba, like Western African um, religious tradition that's very alive in Cuba these days. Um, and then this song also samples the Buenavista Social Club. And so it, it really... Yeah, I love and, that. Uh, it's such a nice melding of like the older generation of music and musical traditions with this sort of hip-hop um, younger generation kind of coming together. Well, and it's so cool because I think that's at its core, hip-hop is a really referential genre. Yeah. And um, this is, you know, such a... It's hip-hop, and it's which is obviously influenced by... Um, you know, the genre in the United States where it came up, but it's also very Cuban, right? Because it's sampling things that are so uh, foundational to Cuban music. Yeah, no, I really love it. I really love that, that melding in this particular song and the, the rhythms of it really grabbed me when I first heard it. And, you know, yeah. and the lyrics are so much about nostalgia for the island. And I think in this, they say they've been gone for a year, right? So it's, it's only been mm -hmm. a year since they've been back. But that, the you know, the ways in which they reference Havana and the different, uh, you know, sights and sounds and, and parts of life on the island and that, that feeling of, of homesickness. And, you know, I don't understand totally, but I know that um, there's some, the way that the Cuban kind of politics works now is that if you choose to leave on like a final visa, like coming back is really difficult. There's a finality to leaving, um, depending on how you do it and what permission you get to leave that doesn't necessarily exist with other countries. It's not the same um, dynamic, but right. But yeah, this, right. this song has so much yearning in it and so much like love for the homeland and also sadness about having to leave. And obviously, you know, part of why they left was also economic reasons. So it's in some ways similar to even earlier generations of Cubans who've left. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that all of these songs really show is how difficult it is to leave and how, um, you know, leaving your home is being between a rock and a hard place. Leaving is not an easy decision, and it's not really a choice that folks would make unless out of fairly desperate circumstances. Right. To leave everything you know behind is so traumatic and so big, and I think that these songs really capture that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that I've noticed in, like, my friends' social circle that even folks who are immigrants from, like, non-Latin American countries like, you know, Vietnam or China or whatever, like, my friends who are also child of immigrants, like, we share this sort of understanding, right, about, like, the world and our parents and how we relate to it and this, this sadness and this nostalgia and this yearning. Like, there's, at some level, there's this shared experience that immigrants and kids of immigrants have that I think people who don't have that experience in their, in their recent families don't necessarily understand. Um, the dynamics that are involved with that and why things like music and food are just so important. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, their music is really um, lovely, so I definitely recommend checking out other stuff from this group. 
Well, the next song that I have for you all is called Guerreros, and it's by Throws in the Shine featuring La Llegros. O clima tá quente, malta pra frente e tudo contente. Tá mais gostosa, we've been vibrados, canucas boas. Garrafa na mão, comida na mesa, ninguém tem pressa. Tudo a dançar, tô que já nem tô que já tá cuia. Música bem alta, tudo pra cima, até as tantas. Tudo a forma para hoje aqui, ninguém vai dar sol. Bebeteira tá grave, mas aqui tá nos alegra. Já passou da hora, mas ninguém vai nos tirar daqui. Sangre caliente, de la buena. Con ardor y con pena Somos más, somos dos Somos miles guerreros, guerreras Yo camino por amor a mi tierra Yo te canto con mi sangre Que me quema Tu escalera no me eleva Son mis piernas que me llevan, me llevan Y allá vos cayó Por la orilla los guerreros, guerreras Sangre caliente de la buena Con pasión, con ardor y con pena Somos más, somos dos so Throws in the Shine are actually an Angolan slash Portuguese group. Um, and La Llegros, who is this mujer that I really love, is um, from Argentina. She's this Afro-Latina from the place in Argentina that's right on the border with Brazil. And I think that this combination is so interesting of this group that's Angolan-Portuguese and um, La Llegros, who's Argentinian, but from the place right on the border with Brazil. Uh, because it just shows so many ways that colonization affects the ways that globalization works today. Um, because Portugal colonized Angola, and Angola is also a lot of times known as the, the African mother of Brazil, right? So a lot of the slaves that were brought to Brazil uh, were from Angola. So a lot of uh, Afro-Brazilian culture, culture is um, really tied to Angola. So I just think that that's um, really interesting. But uh, I love this song. Um, they uh, throws in the shine like to call their genre like rock culuro, which is um, I think pretty on point. Um, and I love I love La Llegros's uh, verse on this, which uh, to be fair is the only one that I can understand. The rest is in Portuguese, which I have no idea what they're saying. So any of y'all have ideas, like tweet us or something and let us know what's going on there because I don't know what's going on. But I do know that it sounds amazing. You interviewed La Llegros recently, right? I interviewed La Llegros, yes, earlier this year. She has a new album out and it's really great. She's so cool. She's really um, big into, you know, women's empowerment and she has like songs that are like really, really fun and really cool. And we can put up that interview um, in, in our blog post because she's so cool. You should really uh, know more about her if you don't. Uh, this song is on Throws in the Shine's latest album, though not on La Llegros's album. It, and their album is called uh, Wanga. And they told OK Africa that Wanga means spell in Kimbundo, which is an Angolan dialect. And they described their album as a set of spells to make you move, to make you feel joy and communion and empowerment. Mm. And I think the spells worked. <laughs> 
Nice. You know, the lyrics, the, the La Llegros verse that I really like on it is about being guerreros and guerreras and um, everything that you're doing, you're doing for you, your tierra, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that really speaks to me. I really like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the last song I have for you all is by a group called Basilos, and the song is Crónica de una Inmigración Anunciada. I've loved since like 2005 when I discovered them when I was living in Ecuador Um, and I particularly like how there's a lot of violin in many of their songs um, which is not something that I hear a ton or like that I hear isolated a lot in the music that I listen to Mm -hmm. Um, but I really like the the way that that changes the sound this was not actually a song of theirs that I was familiar with until I was researching this episode but I thought about them um, in the context of of this theme and then realized that they had this song. You know, it's interesting, the, the title of it is the reference to a Gabriel Garcia Marquez novel. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if, Beto, you know the novel well enough to think about, like, what the... Or this song well enough to think about the cross between... I read it so long I know, ago. Me too. I think I was, like, actually, like, a kid in Venezuela yeah. when I read yeah. it. I should reread it. Gabriel Garcia Marquez is, you know, 100 Years of Solitude is one of my faves. Yeah. Maybe my fave. Yeah. No, it's Total. amazing. Amazing yeah. author. Um, but so this, you know, this song really, I think, starts to address more of the complicated reality of what immigration looks like, the different class dynamics of immigrants, the, they talk about the juego americano instead of the sueño americano, you know, so kind of yeah. complicating the political reality of what it means to be an immigrant. Um, but there's this line in the song that really made me think of this episode and this theme, which is, pero sigo siendo el mismo y me acompaña a mi ritmo. Right, so it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I, I, I'm going to continue to be the same and I'm going to be kind of accompanied by my rhythm. So it's this idea of like, you know, when we, the sense of homesickness, but also this refusal to allow like leaving your country to really change you. Yeah. So Basilos is a pan-Latin group based in Miami. They actually broke up in 2007. This song is from mm-hmm. their 2006 kind of greatest hits album, which I, I think they released kind of in honor of the ending of their group. Um, so they were based in Miami, and there was a Colombian member, a Brazilian member, and a Puerto Rican member. So really sort of like mm. pan-Latino um, yeah. meld, which I think you can kind of hear. In, in the style of Miami. Yeah, in the style of Miami, right. And you can kind of hear that, I think, in their songs. Um, their most popular song, and one of the ones I really like, is Cara Luna. Um, but they have a lot of sweet songs about love, and also like a little bit of an interesting sense of humor, and they play with a lot of political... Um, theme so I really recommend checking them out I'm sad that they are no longer together but they've got like four albums all of which are pretty good yeah I remember that song I feel like I was in Venezuela maybe when that song was popular it was really everywhere at the time yeah it was like 2002 I think Caraluna the album of that name came out yeah mm-hmm. So 
So what's the last song you have for us, Vero? The last song that I have for you all is called Hungla Inquieta, and it's by Maria Uzbek. time figuring out like what my third song was going to be just because I was thinking about bringing in Latino America by Calle 13, thinking about maybe bringing something by La Santa Cecilia. Uh, but uh, this song um, has really captured uh, my imagination recently. Uh, Maria Uzbek used to be the singer for this pop new wave act celebrities. That's celebrities with an S. Uh, but this is her first solo album. It's called Amparo, and it came out in May of this year, 2016. And it is just, just beautiful. It's uh, so richly textured, and it has all of these field recordings of birds and gushing mm-hmm. water. It's just really, really up my alley. And um, the thing about this song in particular that really... Um, spoke to me is about, um, you know, la jungla y el mar. She talks about being entre la jungla y el mar, and that just reminded me so much of Venezuela. Mm. Like many Latin American countries, the types of climates in such a fairly small geographic area are actually so varied, and I think that's so cool. Um, Like, I'm from Barquisimeto, which is a very arid, uh, dry sort of region. Uh, My mother's from Falcón, which is um, on the coast, all sand dunes and beaches. And right before I left Venezuela, I lived just outside of Caracas. And just outside of Caracas, it's like full-on jungle. Mm. Um, And we lived in this like little house um, all on its own in this vast jungle. And as a kid, that was so enchanting to me. Um, and so, like this, like entre la jungla y el mar, um, you know, really hit me with the mm-hmm. with the nostalgia, with those diaspora feels. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So one really cool thing about this album that I really liked is that as she was writing it, she was thinking about linguistic preservation, and. Um, I read that she had this moment, like so many immigrants have this moment where they don't remember how to say a word in their native language. I think she talked about lampara. She couldn't remember how to say lamp mm. in Spanish uh, for a moment and just had this sort of like existential crisis around it. Like, who am I? You know, mm. like I've been in this country for 13 years, but I'm from Ecuador. She's from Ecuador. and. 
um, you know, had all of these ideas around linguistic preservation in it. So in this album, she's singing in Spanish, but she's also singing in a few indigenous languages, including Quichua, um, which uh, is a language that she picked up from her father and her nanny, um, and uh, who would both speak to her um, in Quichua. And uh, she's, like I said, she's from Ecuador, but she's currently based in Brooklyn. And yeah, this song really, really spoke to me with just like the jungla y el mar. And I don't know, I'm sure that there's many countries in Latin America where there's jungla y el mar together. Mm. So this song also, the fact that it reminds me of all this nostalgic stuff in Venezuela. You know, Venezuela's going through some really, really hard times right now. Just the sheer amount of violence and unrest and just shortage of everyday goods and food that is happening right now is on a scale that I've actually never seen in my lifetime. And it's really, really devastating. And, um, you know, I got this text. I'm in contact with my family through WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I got this text from my grandmother a few weeks ago where um, she said she was talking about, you know, being sick and not having like the meds that she needed or like having like to take a medication every other day instead of like twice a day, like she's supposed to take it because she's trying to make it last. And, um, you know, I was just texting back and I was like, Oh, I wish I could be there with you. And she just texted like, Oh, I'm so glad you left. Like, I hope you never have to come back. Mm -hmm. And that just hit me so hard. Just like, can you imagine Mm -hmm. that? Like how rough it must be for you to tell your granddaughter to, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm glad you left. Like, that's just so intense. Never come back. Um, yeah, but this song reminds me of the parts of Venezuela that are beautiful, right? And right. Yeah. Uh, just among all the strife, there's always beauty, there's always humor. Yeah. And, you know, this is something that I also see with my family, right? right? Like, even amongst all the shit that's always happening, like, they're so funny and there's always joy and there's right. always um, resistance, right? So I think that part of the theme of all of these songs is... That, like, even in situations of strife, there's always joy and there's always cool art and there's always resistance, right? Folks always resist no matter what. Yeah. Oh, friend, that's so heavy. I'm so sorry that your family's going through that. But, yeah, that's part of the pain of immigration for folks who leave family behind, right? It's like knowing that they're struggling with whatever it is, the context that was left behind. It's so intense to leave. Yeah. Like my family left with everybody, you know, everybody left. Well, my mom left like, and her sister left nine months before her parents left. And that was really hard time for her to be separated from her mom. But, um, but when I was in Cuba, you know, a couple of the people that we talked to, um, particularly one kind of middle-aged guy that we talked to who lived in my mom's old house now said Mm -hmm. to her, he's like, you know, the best thing your parents ever did was leave, you know? So that that kind of, right. It's like that same sentiment from your abuela, right? Like that. Yeah. That that feeling of like this place is not um is not a, a good place, is not a place that that you can live a good life, you know, all those different sentiments of, from people and, and that's something that I've heard echoed from other, you know, Cuban immigrants who've gone yeah, back. It's that, so hard. Yeah, it's so sad. I mean, in some sense I like I actually feel very lucky that I have family that's still there, right? Because it's such a sense of connection. Mm. And um now that things are getting so rough, more and more people in my family are considering leaving, people who never considered leaving before. 
And while I understand, obviously, you know, like my family left, I understand I'm also like filled with panic. Like who's going to be my connection Mm. when I come home if they're gone? So there's something that's hard about having your family separate from you and having them stay. But there's also something really beautiful about like just being able to connect with your people once you're back as opposed to coming back to a place that you're connected to, but you don't have folks left there is a totally different experience. Yeah, for sure. No, I understand that, that, that tension, go having gone back to Cuba, you know, just a few months ago and not having, you know, there's no family there left, right? The only connections we have are sort of spiritual. And then, you know, there's some places that are, that are part of our family history, but that are no longer ours, you know, old businesses and things that are no longer, but I don't know. I think that's kind of our generation. Sort of the legacy of this is that we have to build our own connections to these places and that's to right. these sense of identity with whatever means we have. So many diaspora feels, y'all. Yeah, so many. We delivered on what we promised. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. well, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> this is Radio Menea. Mm-hmm. As always, all of the songs that we featured here today are going to be on RadioMenea.com. And if you enjoy this podcast, it would so helpful to give us a review. Um, it really helps put our show in front of new listeners. Yeah, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, and we're also on Google Play. So you can check us out on any of those platforms. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.